Hello, and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number question mark. I'm joined here at Grand Prix, New Jersey, as you guys may be able to hear, with Ed Wynn of Vermilion? What's it called? Vermilion is fine. Vermilion is fine. Uh, yeah, so what's going on with that? Uh, it was something that I started a little while ago. Uh, I've been kind of keeping on the wraps. I haven't gone to the point where uh, I'm completely comfortable with it yet. For the most part, it's like very labor intensive. It's something that I can only do during the week, and right now it's only me. Um, but yeah, like I've been, I have a new Twitter for it. It's uh, Twitter under, underscore Vermillion. Uh, I'll definitely start posting things on there once I have more time. Right now, I'm just so backed up on work, mainly because I have to get my taxes done for last year. That's going to take some time to get straight now. You know, a bunch of inventory to deal with. Uh, I, I'm the only one who, like, has all my orders. I just I just do everything. Um, so I have a lot of things that I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to get a food blog up and operational. That takes that takes forever to do. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm like just run with it right now. And then uh, it's recording this Sunday afternoon in New Jersey. At the busiest Grand Prix in quite a long time. Yes, this uh, GP is phenomenal. Anyone who wasn't here, uh, a lot of side events got pushed back yesterday. They just didn't have room for people to sit. There were literally hundreds of players just either playing outside or like in a line outside of the venue. standing in line to sign up for an on-demand. They waited two hours to play a $20 booster draft. There are also people in the hotel lobby at the Embassy Suites right across the street. They were drafting, playing EDH. Pretty crazy. Yeah, this was, it's definitely been a very good event. Uh, New Jersey has always been, always been a very good event. I think it's just been a little while since there's been an event here, so that's probably why it's drawing a lot of people, especially with Daryl's releasing this evening. Yeah, that's a good point. And Mystery Boosters also certainly help a bunch of casual players come when they normally wouldn't. Because it's a format that you can only play right now at conventions. Um, for a few months until the set drops for the retail store version. So you said you've been strung thin, right? So are you doing okay mentally and all that? It's just a ton of work? It's just a lot of work. It's just how, it's just how I choose to allocate my time. Right? I can I can set up and work on one project one day, but doing something like my taxes probably takes a good amount of time to get all my friends to sort out. Oh, I understand. To send off to my account. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just very labor intensive and because it's me, I'd rather make sure things are done correctly rather than trying try and do a bunch of things without doing any single thing correctly. Right, and with all the different changes in sales tax over the last year or two as far as how states are collecting and with the new tax law, it's definitely been interesting for a lot of people in the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we should uh, we should answer some viewer questions, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people have questions for me. Yeah. So. Uh, they wanted to know how you got your start in MTG Finance. Uh, actually, as an aside, because I know I've talked about this on Edwell, we had a Wired reporter interview us yesterday about uh, MTG Finance. And, like, she was sort of curious. We were talking about it a bit then. You were to talk about, like, how you got into magic and, like, when did you, how did you go from, like, you know, MTG Finance and speculating to doing this full-time, essentially. Yeah, uh, I think it's a story that I've, I have mentioned before on a cast. It's probably done some time. I started playing Magic in 1996. Uh, from there, I kind of start to use online forums. This is one online forums is so cool. If people still remember, MTG Salvation was a big part of it. Uh, Magic Online Trading League, MOTL, was a big part of it. This is when basically people just post forum threads, and, yeah. you, and you respond to the forum thread, and then you contact the person directly. Obviously, this is well before Facebook, well before all these various groups. This is when eBay was still a large thing. Uh, this was probably like early 2000. Um, so for me, at that time, because I was still a kid, this was basically a way to, uh, to make my hobby more affordable. I could easily trade out for something I didn't want, for some for things I did want. Uh, it was, I wasn't necessarily trying to make money on it. It was just, again, a way to keep Magic as affordable as possible. Um, after, I, after I started doing, going to college, I started to uh, basically hustle out my backpack. Uh, our closest store was probably a 20-minute walk. Not everyone who lived in college, I lived in a campus in a college town, not everyone had cars. Right. So a lot of people would just come to me for their cards. Uh, and I would just trade with them, and then I would use those cards to trade online to get what I needed to be able to continue to trade with people, etc. Uh, there was a point where I took a bit of a hiatus from Magic. There's a, there a point where I took a bit of a hiatus from Magic. Uh, I picked it up probably, again, a little bit before Modern took off, so early 2010s or so. Um, and then since then, I've just been going to more and more Grand Prix's, um, and, and then uh, I just, you know, basically made my own thing. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's easy enough to do on my own. Uh, there are some scaling issues. I'm facing a lot of issues where, like, how do I ship things when I'm on the road all the time? I currently pack orders every morning before the GP starts. During days I'm here. Yeah, I don't think people realize how strong your work ethic is. I mean, you're putting in like 12 to 14-hour days plus stuff on top of that. Dealing with, as you know, when you start to become a person in the finance world, like insane amount of DMs that make you get this card. It's a lot to keep. It's a lot to keep track of for sure. Yeah. So I've been pretty good about just trying to keep my life organized and trying to keep things on top. So that way, I'm putting, I'm putting the the right resources for the time I'm giving, rather than trying to. Scatter rain, just doing a bunch of things and just not doing anything correctly. Right. You think that's a trap a lot of people fall into is doing too much? I do. I think um, I, I think a lot of people in this community just fall victim to that. Either either starting someone from a very basic trying to speculate level um, as an individual, right? Trying to figure out trying to figure out where people are willing to spend their time It's hard because if you don't have a lot of money to start, for example, right, right. then, you know, you, you, ha- you really have to maximize your resource yeah, there. So a lot, of time, a lot of those people are spending a lot of time doing research, trying to, like, read, you know, the finance subreddit, trying to read all these articles, price speculation, whatever, right? But, like, they're spending enough time, but they're eventually not getting a lot of return on it, right? And then if you scale, you go, you go all the way up to someone who owns a store, for example, I see a lot of store owners who don't really spend their time right now. And they definitely don't know how to uh, maximize their capital efficiency as far as like they spend too much on one thing or they just don't budget correctly for upcoming uh, It's just a matter of everyone has the same set of problems. It's just what kind of problems they have and then how they're able to manage it. Yeah, capital is definitely one of them. It feels like uh, the less capital you have, the less opportunities you have for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'll pull up the questions. Do you want to sort of talk about what you're doing, uh, what you're doing like this year compared to last year? For the most part, uh, I, I love people reached out to me after I posted uh, saying like I was done with Cartel. I'm not really done with MTG Finance. It's just I'm just not actively reporting. To my understanding, I still Catalina still hasn't a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of. Uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. I want to try to speak to you. If you can't hear in the background, people keep interrupting us while we're trying to record this. We're, we're literally sitting at our front table at a buyer station. Yeah, so people keep, people keep coming A lot of people want to approach me and say, like, oh, are you just done with magic? Um, I'm not. I'm still, I'm still doing it. I'm still uh, contracted with GLA for the time this year. You'll still see me at every US booth with Tales of Adventure. Um, I'm just not actually recording. From what I see, um, I still can't use Audacity to record on a Mac yeah. because they haven't updated 64 bit software, so I'm just kind of stuck right now. Sounds like yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Bruno, who's literally sitting at the front next to us, Brent Strike Zone, says, um, Has MTG Finance brought you enjoyment in life? Traveling the world for finance must have its perks sometimes. I would I would be hard pressed to say that I'm unlucky to be able to do this. Uh, there is there's a lot of perks, there's a lot of downsides. Uh, it's not as glorious as you think. A lot of people think that just because I get to like have like a jet setting lifestyle, just fly everywhere I want, there's a lot of downtime between. Uh, I'll probably tweet a picture a little bit after this. There are two full tables of cards. We have another ten we have another ten thousand cards to sort. Uh, and, we're, yeah. and it's probably 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So you got six hours. We're trying to figure out when we can leave here. Uh, it's just never. The right. show is too good. The, the, the show is too good. The show is too good. And on top of this, I will fly 6 a.m. tomorrow morning for Japan. Okay, I'm leaving tonight. Jeremy's leaving in like six hours. Yeah. Uh, so I always have the downsides, right? Like, I'm always going to enjoy my time in Japan. I've been a little while since I've been there. I get to see my friends from all over. Um, you know, for the people who have been following the podcast for a while, I was in New York, uh, managing a store out here. Uh, it's cool to see a lot of my friends who live out here on the East Coast. I just don't see very often if they're not traveling extensively outside the East Coast. Uh, so I do enjoy it. It doesn't have its perks. Um, but it's not as glorious as it seems. You know, most days I wake up at like 4.55, trying to squeeze everything in in the morning before I head down to the GP for like 12 to 14 hours. Like go back and then basically try to get a workout and pass out and then repeat for like three days. Yeah. So that's 
and you have to do it with the jetline too. And you're lucky enough to be able to sleep on planes. I don't sleep on planes, regardless of class of Do you want to sort of talk about, we were talking about this yesterday, your organizational skills, and like how on top of our things compared to most people, like your spreadsheets and your journal and all that? Uh, yeah, so like Jer Jeremy was behind the booth yesterday hanging out with us. He saw that I had a, uh, a weekly planner. That's something that I'm trying to use very aggressively. I used it in the past before. Uh, now I'm being, being a lot better about it. I can also like, I'll tweet it out later in case people are curious. Uh, basically, the idea is you want to be able to monetize as much of your time as possible. Uh, you do this by being able to plan ahead, right? So there's a lot of things that I don't really do, mainly because it's not good use of my time. I don't really sit around and watch Netflix. Not, I'm saying that people shouldn't. I'm saying if, if, it, if it's not something that people enjoy, go for it. Everyone deserves to take a break. Everyone deserves to have their mind taken off things. I find I find that I, I just don't I just don't watch Netflix. It's not something I do. Uh, so by basically planning out my schedule from when I wake up in the morning up until I go to bed at night, I can basically figure out what I need to do, what I need to get done at any given moment in time. And that kind of allows me to make sure that, you know, on a given day, it takes me like you know x amount of time to pack orders. I'll give myself x plus like ten percent to make sure I come in case anything goes wrong. I I schedule like what time I want to eat. It's objectively healthier to eat at the same time every day. A lot of matching vendors fall into a very unhealthy habit. Not only is it a long and stressful job with a lot of hours and you're not getting enough sleep. A lot of people also eat very radically. People also eat very poorly. There's not a lot of opportunities to get healthy food. Right. Yeah. So by trying to eat, at, at the very least, if you're trying to eat the same time every day, your body will metabolize your food, and it's just much healthier in your body as opposed to trying to eat one large meal in the morning, for example. Like some people eat breakfast and then don't eat anything all day, and then try and stay up afterwards because they're so hungry and eat a gigantic dinner right before they go to bed. Yeah. Right. And like that, that's just not healthy to do, especially if you're doing any real, any real number of shows over the course of a year. Yeah, I just went on a trip. I just went on a trip overseas, but we're in a different country every day for like two weeks. So. Uh, hitting the gym every day at the same time before I was Yeah, that's like something I do as well. I make sure I try and like squeeze a workout in. Uh, it doesn't really take very long. You really only need to spend a small amount each day, but it's mentally it's good for you. I see right there's like health benefits, exercising. That's a no brainer. Uh, it basically just takes some of the edge off of doing the bare free because at the end of the day, even though it's hard. And it's kind of, and it's kind of tough to say like okay we just got back time to like switch switch your gym clothes and go hit the gym. It is like mentally very relaxing as well. You get your time to yourself, which you definitely need after fourteen hours of doing like this is best show in a long time, most uncomfortable show in a long time. The smells, the sweat, the heat—it's been uh, very interesting. Yeah. So if so if, if anyone has never been to New Jersey before, where they used to call it GP New York. And then they call it GP New Jersey because the venue is actually in Secaucus, New Jersey. We were basically right across uh, the water from Manhattan. So Manhattan is only like three miles away. But uh, the venue is much smaller. It's much more affordable. It's relatively central. We're only about 25 minutes from New York. Uh, the issue is the convention center is the entire room. So there's not more than one room here, really. Uh, so it's very, very packed. Uh, as we have previously mentioned, like the room was completely full yesterday. Uh, there's not enough bathrooms. There's only two sets of bathrooms in here, so there's actually porta potties around the back. And they're all disgusting. And they're all disgusting. So what we, what, what our booth is, we've just been sending people across the street to Amity Suites. Yeah, we've, I've literally just been walking back to my hotel. Yeah, because yeah. We, we, we have a room right across, and we love to just go over there, just wait for and it gives people a chance to get away. Uh, the entire room smells like like deep fried food. Yeah. Like all I can, all we can smell is grease. Uh, it's very very hot and humid because there's just like despite the fact that it's you know the middle of January. There's just no AC on the room. It's very, very hot. So, not the most comfortable room, but it's definitely been a good show regardless. Right. Can't complain when you're making money, right? Right. Yeah. Um, someone wants to tell, have you tell some stories about your escapades in this industry. So, um, Stu Summers wants to know about what you think about clowns. Uh, I'm a big fan of horror movies. Clowns don't really bother me. I really like it. I think the original, the one that came out in 1980 something, I think that was much better. But I think like the like the most recent like remake of it, like still phenomenal movie. Not bothered by crowd, not 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 bothered by clowns, but uh, I I enjoy it. So 
Paul Fudo of MTG Deals wants to know what you think of Ramoa racing, and I guess you can sort of explain what a Ramoa is as well. Yeah, so uh, Ramoa, it's just a very high-end suitcase. It's what you see a lot of vendors use. They're very large, bulky. Uh, they used to have a lifetime warranty, which is why a lot of people bought them, mainly because our suitcases just go through so much abuse. Uh, they come in several sizes. There's the large carry-ons, which fit the acrylic cases that most vendors use. Um, and they go all the way down to um, a carry-on size. And for carry-ons, uh, just due to how small they are, they're really fun to sit on. Uh, the wheels and the bearings on them are really, really good. So they work great for just rolling around the room. And we may or may not have been trying to race around Rebola's during empty halls before people show up before. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. So, uh, but like, obviously one of the best reasons to get a Rebola. Matthew Chang wants to know what you think about watches. I know you switched up your watch recently. Yeah, um... I've, I've always enjoyed watches. It's just kind of, I guess it's just like one of my vices. It's just the thing I spend money on. Uh, I own a lot of fairly expensive watches. Uh, I'm currently using a... I'm currently using an Apple Watch. I, I feel like it's going to just be my watch for a while. Uh, one, it, keep, it keeps me plugged in all the time. I can always like check my email and make sure that if I have any important messages that come in, I can deal with it. I can track orders. It just I have I keep all my notifications on for all my orders. Which probably takes up the same amount of data to get all the time, but it makes it keeps me like better plugged into like what I'm trying to sell. Uh, it keeps me on top of being able to work out, making sure that I spend time, that I'm burning off calories every day. I actually get up every hour or something instead of just sitting. Because without the reminder, um, at 15 minutes past the hour, your phone, your uh, my Apple Watch will buzz and say like, "Hey, it's time to stand up," and that kind of breaks up the monotony of you know sitting in front of the computer. Listing, cor listing cards, pricing cards, or whatever. Because in the past, I've definitely done that for like hours on end without getting up to move. That's you just not like very a pedometer as well to keep track of your steps. Uh, that, that's just one of the things. Yeah. And then, yeah, part of it is just like, you know, that keeps track of how many calories you burn. Mox Kitty wants to know is 2020 going to be a great year for Magic, but a challenging year for MTG Finance? Uh, I think after last year, it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of. Uh, a lot of stores definitely struggle. Uh, the market's falling off the fucking cliff for sure. So that's that, that's definitely one of the the struggles of MTG Finance, as it were, right? Yeah. Uh, I've definitely seen a record number of shops close over the over the course of the year. A lot of people couldn't handle like the rough cash that we had kind of for the past six months. Yeah. Uh, with poor magic design, like the sets, uh, too much in the market, etc. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of shops like struggle and close. Uh, it feels like. With how Theros is, with how popular it is, a lot of stores have been saying that they've had a very good pre-release. Um, yeah, yeah, a very good pre-release weekend compared to the past few sets. Uh, so generally, when people are excited for pre-releases, when you get when you get people like the casuals, like when a pre-release sells out, that means you have casual players. You have not the not the super competitive type, but you have the more you know casual, low-key players, the ones that you're making the most money off of. If they're coming out to your pre-release, that means that it's a, it's a good time for the set, yeah. right? Generally, the what people deem to be the better sets, the more competitive and spiky sets, don't sell as well because you're just not selling those cards to the casual players. That's who you're trying to sell cards to. And realistically, that's who you're making the most money off of. Yeah. So, like, for right now, I'm, like, pretty okay with this. Uh, Austin was a reasonable show. It seems like Channel Fireball has kind of shifted some things around that has definitely made it more appealing. Granted, we've only done two shows. We haven't been to, like, Reno yet. We haven't been to, you know, some of these... Reno's going to be rough. Reno's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we, ha you know, we haven't had some of the trials yet. But, like, for right now, I think it's reasonable to be optimistic. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see if Magic just kind of has a slow rebound period from last year when it was kind of as low. And as long like, as we have a good economy. Yeah. So, yeah. like, in theory, we should be on our way up. But we'll kind of see how it plays out once we get past, you know, the initial hype of this week. And that will also be a big part of it. Like, how well does Pioneer do, right? Because yeah. if we, if we have, um, if we have Pioneer Grand Prix and it takes off and it shows that people are actually excited about the format and people are wanting to get in and play it, right? That that, that that's good for Pioneer, right? But obviously, that's going to be rough for something like Modern. Right, like, what, and like, we've seen fetch line prices fall off a cliff. We're selling uh, wooden footnotes this week for like 15. Bios and flooded straight, I think it's eight or something crazy at most vendors. Like, right, right. Um, 
So there, there, there's a lot of question marks, right? Like there's like definitely some ups or some downs. It's how we balance it all. Ed's dropping stuff as usual. The only thing he's not dropping though is the standards. Uh, yeah, like like how, how do we balance all these things together, right? Because you can't have you can't have good you can't you can't have the good without the bad, right? Like it'd be unrealistic to expect that everything magic does is a hit this year. Yeah. Um, it's so, funny because uh, this is an aside if you guys heard that. Like the booth is literally so busy, people are trying to come up and ask us for buying cards. That's how stupid the show is. We 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 should literally be packing up cards right now, but it's slammed. Yeah, there are like seven people to move buying. There's, there's a line of people waiting to buy, to sell. Yeah, uh, we have there's there's like we have like 14 people at the booth. Jeremy's playing rock paper scissors with someone that's walking by with a vendor that listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it'll be definitely a good year. I think this will probably be like the make or break year for a lot of stores. I agree, especially yeah. because uh, we have we haven't talked about Secret Lair. That's happened since we last recorded. Yes, correct. We, so, we have the first batch of secret layer. Yeah, so Wizards is now essentially circulating the secondary market and selling to players directly. Uh, do you feel like if they continue, what is it? It's been five secret layers now or six? Some amount of secret layers. Um, and those are that's all money where like shops essentially lose value because they have those cards in their cases and they don't see a single penny of those sales and that's also less money yeah, going into like, your local game shop. But do you think Arena is offsetting secret layer? Or do you think Wizards is going to... Uh, push essentially tins more and more for the rest of the year once they see this initial sales data. I've definitely seen a lot of uh, arena players start to transition to real life. Yeah, so, I agree. So my, my initial thought, right, like this was like this is something I still that this is the initial segment I had when arena first came out. Yeah, like yeah, a, a while ago. Yeah, right, it was a while ago. A lot of store owners legitimately think that this is going to kill Magic. People are like, why would you come to your game store when? You could just play Magic when you could just play Magic on Arena on a superior platform instead, but that's just not the case. Like if you look at this weekend, there's still plenty of people here in Command Zone. Command, this is like one of the bigger Command Zones we've seen at events, and it's been pretty much packed all weekend. Yeah, there's like really no place to sit. Um, and like realistically, a big a big part of that you could attribute to Arena players wanting to make the transition to their event. Not every Arena player is going to be flying across the country, but most Arena players, if they see something local. And it's actually advertised properly, they'll definitely come on play. And if they get hooked on casual formats like Commander, where there's way more rules interaction in Arena, that's good for pretty much everybody. Not to mention you can't actually can't play Commander on Arena. Exactly. Right? So it's brawl apparently. Right. So it's, you know people can get their standard fix on Arena. Yeah. And then people people still come out, you know, do events like these and open booster packs, play mystery drafts, etc. Yeah. So I don't think secret. So secret layer is a slightly different issue. Um, I think it's cool what they do. I think it's definitely a very, it's definitely something different. Uh, it's definitely something very different. Um, I, I I really disagree with the strategy mainly because it's really it really uh, puts a shaft onto uh, freaking mortals. Yeah. I understand why they do so, right? Like, you know, if we look at this as a derivative of from the vault products, right? From the vault was a huge issue for them because they would intentionally limit the allocation, and then. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of stores would just be excessively greedy, and then the price would just shoot through the roof. Exactly. Um, and there's no good way to deal with it. A lot, of, a lot, of, even the fair stores, they try to give preferential treatment to their regulars or whoever spent the most or whoever was in the shop the longest. It was like an old boys club. Right. So like that's that's unfair in a different direction. Right. Yeah. There's just no clean resolution. Uh, again, I think it really sucks that they're basically cutting out the stores because the stores are the lifeblood of of Watsy. Yeah, Wizards is selling directly on Amazon too. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, if you ask most if you ask most brick and mortars and most store owners, a lot of the most successful ones don't actually think that, you know, the store opening up down the street is gonna be a threat to them. Mainly because most population areas there's way just way more people than stores can exist. Right? Most most of them would say that the biggest threat I feel to my business is going to be Amazon, is going to be Walmart. Because those are stealing those are stealing the incidental sales, right? right? Like if someone doesn't come into FNM, you know, they still want to get their magic fix, they're browsing on T Sheet Player, they're browsing online. And they just see on Amazon, you know, they make they make an Amazon purchase, oh I'm just gonna add like a box of my cards or something, right? That's stealing a customer who would otherwise buy a product from your store. Yeah, and on top of that you have a lot of shop owners complaining that they're basically glorified gas stations because they have to sell a ton of snacks and stuff to you know, make ends meet. But I would argue the most successful stores have already diversified outside of Magic and are selling multiple products successfully. While Magic may 
you know, make up 50% of their sales or profits for singles, it's not their entire business model. I, I definitely do think Secret Lair is cool. I think it hits like a cool a cool niche because, yeah. you know, doing exclusive ultra art things, right? So uh, I'm not sure when this will go live. It's currently okay. January 5th. It's currently January 26th today. Uh, tomorrow is the Secret Lair, the second batch that drops. Tomorrow will be the, the rat version for the Chinese New Year. Right, so there's, um, I think Ink Eyes is the big one. There's a bunch of rat colonies in there. Marinar. Uh, Marinar. Right, these are all things that are kind of hard to get due to how rare they are. Yeah, we have Marinar for $30 this week, for example. Right. But by making it accessible to people, I think it's definitely something cool that they're doing. Um, Obviously, those cards are in need of a reprint, but they're kind of hard to reprint due to the nature of those cards, right? Like, are we going to have like another rat tribe somewhere, right? Like, no one knows, so this is kind of a good place to implement that. It's obviously on theme, right? This will definitely be a very cool, flexible product. It's pretty cool that in the previous batch they had the uh, stained glass planeswalkers. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they're going to continue with that. Uh, obviously, it's on theme, but. We don't, have, we don't have the full cycle, right? Not all those expense walkers are available in the same last one. And uh, the big thing is someone opened up the rat pack and there was like no extra planeswalker. walker. They just got the rats. Okay. Okay. So maybe there's nothing else. So maybe that may be something in the future. Maybe they just did it as a gimmick and we're going to get people to buy it for the first time. But, yeah. um, I don't think you want to answer this question. Uh, so, uh, at Morph Wilbender is Blake asking... Miller, big, he's yeah. listening to the cast yeah. since it started. Yeah. Uh, I've also met in person, Cold Uh Let's get his real uncensored opinions on all the other MTG Finance personalities. Uh, I've met almost everyone in person. Uh, for, for almost every major writer in person. Different uh, on my travels. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really here to like talk bad about anyone. I feel like people are obviously entitled to their opinions. Uh, the ones that gets me the most, and anyone uh, who, who will listen to the Wired interview when it goes live, uh, I would kind of alluded to this when we spoke about it as well. I'm not really keen on people that are trying to make sensationalist posts, right? Like trying to like spread the idea that there's insider trading happening, like everything is a conspiracy theory. People like all these buyouts are happening maliciously. Uh, that's all something I really subscribe to when people use uh, use their presence in the social community to try and perpetuate that. Like that really bothers me. Um, Obviously, I've done this long enough. I know that there are things that happen behind the scenes that most people aren't privy to. Again, I'm not really looking to like perpetuate this, right? But like, yeah, you got a pretty good standard to for everybody. Else. Yeah. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, whenever the Wired uh, interview goes live, I'm not sure if it's gonna be an audio recording. I hope she doesn't. Re- I don't like, think it is. Cause the audio was really bad. <laughs> yeah, the audio is pretty bad here. Um, so I, I imagine that it'll probably be a written article where she takes what we say and then just edits it accordingly. Right. Um, but again, for the most part, I don't really appreciate people just, you know, throwing out these ideas. A lot, again, the majority of MCG finance and the amount of money that gets thrown around, the amount, the amount that's done by the so-called speculators, the people that are actually trying to move the market is very small. And it doesn't really move the market. It really doesn't move the market. Yeah. Uh, if you look at how much money, if you were here and you saw how much money was in the room, uh, how much money we had behind the booth. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, how much we spent, how much we sold. Uh, realistically, any one person trying to move the market on their own, it's just going, just going to be scratching the surface. And like, those are certainly not the people I would be too concerned about being, you know, shadowy cabal that is calling prices just like left and right. That, that's not the reality of the situation. Right. Uh, but again, like, again, for the most part, almost everyone I've met, uh, I definitely enjoy their company. A lot of people I've had a, like a chance to pick their brain, chat with, bought cards from people, told cards from people. Um, I don't really see a need to talk bad about other people. I feel like, every, you know, again, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And then I would just rather not see unfounded conspiracy theories just being perpetuated. And that's what I've always been Bob Kiss wants to know, how did you get to be so awesome? Uh, don't really have an answer to that. I'm not really sure I'm, I am awesome. You got some head stands over here on Twitter. I would say I'm awesome. I'm going to try to just another dude. Because I just happen to, you know, chance itches. So there's other people that could do what I do. I don't think I'm exceptional or awesome for me in any way. Um, Dominic at Island Dover says, what does the future hold for you? So, like, do you have a plan yet of, like, your five-year plan or all that since you're interviewing for this job position? Uh, I mean, like, I, I think a big part of it was just, like, goal setting. I just, you know, like, knowing what I want. Uh, 
I obviously can't see what the future looks like. You know, like maybe Magic just, you know, they just sell, like Hasbro just sells Watsy to someone else while Magic dies. You know, they decide to not pay more Magic cards. Who knows what the future looks like? Uh, a lot of, a lot of what I want is largely independent of that. I, you know, um, I know not everyone's friends with me on Facebook, but I had posted before the beginning of the year, I basically posted like a 10 year bucket list. Uh, I saw a lot of people reflecting like what my two, what their 2009 was like, what their 2019 was like. I was like, man, compared to some of my friends, I like really didn't accomplish that much. So I basically just took the time. I have a sheet. I wrote out like a giant bucket list. There's like a full range of things on there. There's a lot of things that a lot of places I want to go and see. Uh, like the great state of Missouri. I, I can't remember what my goals on there. Were. Uh, I think it was right up in the arch. Was one oh, of them. Yeah, go to the very top of yeah. the, the gateway arch. Yeah. I think there's like a state park or something I want yeah. to see. We have a big cave system that's like 30 foot tall caverns. Yeah. So a lot of that is just kind of being able to go out and experience things. Um, be happy. And be happy. Uh, my current lifestyle gives me a lot of freedom. Uh, I probably should take advantage of that. Okay. Um, there's a lot of like personal fitness goals. Right? I'm trying to run a four minute mile. People are telling, telling me that's not possible. It's pretty hard. Most people who can run a four, four minute mile are probably like six feet tall. They just have longer strides, so like, they'll definitely get up on battle. There's only like a small handful of people that have actually ran a four-man mile. I'd be like 6'2", what's the problem? I'll never hear that to this. I um, know. By the way, this is a long-running joke for long-time listeners. We, we kept up for a year that it was six feet tall. We would meet him at events. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people people think that Jeremy was me or something. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, and I think a big part of that, like being able to set your goals, being able to know that there's something, you know, something to work towards, right? Like, oh, you don't, you don't get to run a six, a four minute mile just right off the bat. You have to put in a lot of hard work. You have to put in a lot of hard work, right? Running six minute miles on there, I've definitely been able to do so in the past. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of been, like, I've kind of gone lazy, kind of gone out of shape, so it's something to work towards. And then you run a five minute mile, and then hopefully run a four minute mile after that. Uh, donating charity is one of the big things. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to do this. Right, like to be able to sit here, get paid, record a podcast in like a different state on a Sunday. Yeah, literally, literally doesn't. Like this, this event was very good, and uh, Mike and Pleasant Adventure has been very kind of us for the years. And then, like, I just get to fly to a different country tomorrow. Right, like, I'm pretty fortunate to do this. I know that there's a lot of people out there who are not uh, varying levels. Uh, I just want to make sure, like, I have a chance to donate to charity whenever I can. Everyone who's listening, if I'm ever in your area, I would love to hear, like, you know, a school that would benefit from this and our program that would benefit from a donation, a children's hospital, wherever. I'm definitely down to, you know, make charitable donations and try and give back whenever I can. And I think, like, these are these are all, these are all, you know, it's a pretty large spread of life goals that you want to, you want to set for yourself. I've made these for myself. Most of them are intentionally lofty. Most of them are not meant to be something that's going to be done quick. A lot of them I'm going to try and work in whenever I can. Um, like uh, like when I'm, when we're in Palm Beach this weekend, I'm going to try and find a way to make my way down to Miami. Um, I heard you can't stand it. Uh, driving, uh, going on the bridge and driving out to like Key West, right? That's like one of the bucket lists. That's just what, like people what people do when they're in Miami. That's one of the tourist things. Uh, on the, we're thinking about flying to Vegas before Reno, and then from Vegas drive to the Grand Canyon. Because, I did that last time at TP Vegas. It yeah, was fun. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's very different to see the Grand Canyon during the winter, so that's why I want That's why it's something like that. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Thanks. <laughs> so we've been recording this podcast for six years. Have you learned anything from it? Uh, I definitely have. Uh, a big part of it is just kind of like being humble. I'm always amazed at like how many people will recognize me at events. Uh, just, you know, I get stopped at people, like, in the, ele- in the elevator inside the hotel, you know, at a restaurant, people that just recognize me. I've had 17 people bring me free hot chocolate. <laughs> Must be nice. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, I'm always, I, like, it's, I, I've definitely gone older, like, when, it, when this, I, I wasn't even here when you guys first started, right? Like, six yeah, years ago. 2013, that was like 2014. Right. Yeah. Uh, I joined partway through, like, 2016, yeah, 2017. Right. Um, I've definitely grown quite a bit. Uh, well, like, I, it's it's so amazing to me, like, how many people listen to this and then being able to put, you know, someone's Twitter handle or someone on Facebook in order into, like, a real face in real life. That's yeah. definitely, like, that's definitely, like, one of the more incredible things that I've been, that I've been able to get out of this. Do you know why we're the number two Magic Finance podcast out there? I did not know that. Yeah, because you're the shit. 
I, again, I don't think it's me. I think there are other people who can do this, but apparently... Metric-wise, we're still number two. Metric-wise, we're number two. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, being able to do this and being able to interact with people, uh, it's given me like a lot of abilities to network. I've met a lot of clients. I've met a lot of customers. I've definitely met, like, made some new friends along the way, people that I just otherwise would never be able to meet, probably without like, the visibility that this podcast has given me. Yeah. So, cool. Any more questions? Or? That's all the questions fans wanted to ask. You. Sure. Um, I'm sure you have questions for me. I just want to make sure you're happy. That's all I ever care about. Uh, I think happy is like pretty relative, right? Yeah. I right, like there's definitely like a lot of stressful moments, right? Um, like I briefly mentioned, it's not all. It's not just like traveling the world and like making money off magic. It's hitting right. It's coming off of a twelve-hour flight to Japan and going right to the Grand Prix and having to deal with all that. Yeah, so like, I've been trying to make strides to like control, control what I can, right? Like trying to avoid things that would bother me. Keep those. Oh, so that's why I haven't seen you in a month. Keeping keeping the things that bother me to a minimum. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, you know, being being able to like, you know, exercise, work out, get some get some time, get some time off. Uh, being you know after the end of a long day, that goes a long way towards you know. Not like just snapping at Grand Prix or like having a mental breakdown. That would be scary. Right. Yeah. So, um, Take deep breaths and do some yoga. Sure. <laughs> so like for the most part, like I think I'm pretty good. Like I've been pretty good. I definitely have to appreciate what I'm, what I'm able to do. Like the opportunities I've been given to me. So like it, like it would be hard to be unhappy about it. Yeah. So, I think I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, you so definitely okay. sacrifice some things to do this lifestyle for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been dating for the last month. Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, so like, yeah, there's like, you know, there's always sacrifices to be made along the way. It's hard. It's hard to be able to work like you know, eighty to hundred dollars a week. Hours. Hours. That's hours. Yeah, it is the only change that you guys need in this world. You know, it's it's hard to be able to like spend you know eighty to hundred dollars hours a week working. Uh, and be able to hold like you know what people like what normal people would do, right? Like again, I don't really take that much time with myself. I try and monetize as much time as I can, right? Something like it has to be able to pay off for me in some way or another. Otherwise, I won't do it. Yeah. Uh, for right now, right. Uh, actually, yesterday, one of my friends told me that uh, they want my email address. They're saying I want wedding invitations. I'm invited to be their best man. Oh, congrats! I've, I've been a best man a million times. It, it gets royal. Thanks. <laughs> I <laughs> like you, you go there. You have to like do all the wedding preparation. You have to give a speech. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of cool, but like it's a lot of work. Um, but like, but a lot of these, uh, a lot of these friends I've had since high school. I remember, like in high school, during like you know one of the summers, like like after we had graduated, you know, basically talking like, man, like we we all like we all went to the same middle school. A lot of us went to the same high school. We stayed friends. Uh, obviously, our lives were taking us like different places. Both of my friends were like all, like in all four of the U.S. The only reason I saw a bunch of them was because we were all home, like in Portland during winter break. Yeah. Uh, I I was home for a while. You know, there's a hiatus from traveling, and uh, and just being able to see them, like you know, a lot of people go through changes. A lot of them, like almost like almost all of them are married now, right? A lot of people are working on their, you know, the conventional average person life track, whatever that means, right? Having a house, two and a half kids, white yeah. picket friends, right? Two having cars, yeah, having a house, having kids, you know, like except one being married. Oh, and I basically have none of that, right? And that's that's something I've accepted. I'm not like I'm not bent out of shape over it. But there are definitely times when my friends look at me and they say, "Man, I wish I could get out and you know, take a vacation or fly halfway around the world whenever I wanted." And, you know, at times I kind of tell them like, "Well, I wish I could, you know, just have a you know have a normal life, go home, you know, like go home to my wife, like yeah, you know, like like play with my kids, whatever." And just you know do normal things, but you know that's not where my life is at right now, and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. And that's you know, I understood like these were sacrifices I have to make, and you know, it's it's, it's coming to terms. It's, it's coming to terms and coming to reality of the situation. Is that something that you uh, are looking into like the next ten years as this industry evolves? Like potentially drift away from certain things in the industry. So one of the things on my bucket list, um, I know a lot of closer people have heard this about me, but uh, I actually want to be a doctor. And where do you want to work? A big part of being a doctor is being able to give back and just, you know, being able to help people 
like legitimately being able to help people, right? Like treating their disease, whatever it is, whatever bother, is bothering them. It's called the patient attachment continuum. Being able to do all this and then um, being able to give back, that's like a big part of what I want to do. That's why like the donation part is so important to me. And um, the reason realistically why I'm grinding as hard as I am is because I want to go to medical school uh, debt-free. And after medical school, I basically want to join uh, Doctors Without Borders. That's a charity I've supported a lot in the past. And uh, Doctors Without Borders, for anyone doesn't know, is like, it's a non-profit organization. They basically provide medical relief to third world countries. They try and prioritize places that have been hit by um, natural disasters, natural disasters yeah. war. You know, so like years ago, like when the hurricane and storms hit, like ran through like Haiti and the Dominican Republic, they were down there. For, they basically sent a giant crew down there. They set up like a makeshift hospital. They provided you know clean water, medical treatment to people that needed it. Um, and that's and realistically like that's kind of that goal. That's why I want to do it, right? Because like get, like get, like given what I'm given right now, that's something that people will never get in a lifetime. And it's also like we talked about people in this industry and like a lot of people just as they have. You need to be able to balance your life and manage your life better. Right. Sure. Right. So, um, so, like, that's kind of my end goal. That's like, like, that's I like. I don't see myself doing this forever. I hope I don't do this forever. Um, you know, I, I do have other things I want out of life. You know, and unfortunately, uh, at the end of the day, right? I don't. I don't think providing like buying a solid magic cards is is going to intrinsically change anyone's life. So. That, that's, that's why that's why I want to be out of this. That's why I want to like do something that's actually has like a real impact on the world. Yeah. You know? Just use your mom, use your twenties to make money, use your thirties to make up a better person. Yeah, that's a big part of it. So I'm thirty now, I'll be thirty one in April. I know, right? But you can already see the grades coming in. Um, I know. <laughs> so like I'm thirty now, right? Like when two thousand thirty rolls around, right, I'll be like pushing forty. I just definitely hope to be in a very different place. So. Do you have any advice for all the young kids that listen to this podcast? Because we have a lot of like college-age kids yeah, that, use, um, that use this podcast as like inspiration or financial advice, which you shouldn't be using it as. Yeah, like you're definitely you're you're definitely not gonna like mature overnight. It took me like a lot a long time. Um, I see a lot. I see a lot of like people. You know, people come up all the time. They buy and sell us cards. I think you know. I definitely judge people and say like, man, dude, this person is just so mature. It's hard to deal with them. But I think the reality of the situation is that, you know, that's part of growing up, right? Like, you know, I look at you, like, to be really honest, I look at you, I think you're pretty immature, but that's just the it. And I own it. Right, but, um, you know, you have to learn, you have to make mistakes along the way, you have to pay for it sometimes, there's a lot lot of falls. Um, You know, you're not going to get everything right the first time, you're also not going to grow up overnight either. Uh, You just have have to do what works for you. Um, What are you you doing the dragon? There, there are a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of people that are trying to grow up too fast, or a lot of people who don't grow up at all. Um, and you just have to find what works for you in life. What works for me, right? Like I know it doesn't work for people, other people. Um, I, I wouldn't say like stress about it, right? Like no matter where you are in life, you're definitely gonna fail. Uh, when you fail, you're definitely gonna grow. That's just you know kind of the reality of life. Um, and I think like part of the reason why I'm so immature is I've been afforded opportunities that other people haven't been able to, so I haven't learned all the lessons that other people have had to. Right. So yeah, so like for MTG Finance, like don't look at it as like as like the end game. It's not worth it. You're, you're, you're not going to get enough. You're not going to get enough juice out of lemon to make it worth the squeeze. Uh, what you want is again, if you look as a way to you know enjoy you know enjoy your hobby on the cheap, have something to do with your friends during your free time. You know, find a way to monetize some of it. Like that's great, right? But like, it shouldn't be. A, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like the end all. Because yeah. that, 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 that's just that's, that's just not gonna work for you, right? Like, yeah. like not many people just make a career out of this. Um, and on the other, like, there's also so many more established people nowadays than there used to be. Right. So you even know? like the very end is getting harder and harder. Um, we don't know what the economy is gonna look like, right? Like a lot of people are expecting a recession. The world's definitely in a tough spot, uh, right? Like this is not like it. If you're, if you're looking to get ahead of life, you want to be successful or whatever, right? Find a way to change the world. Not sell magic cards. So, um, that, that's advice I could give. Um, a lot of people aren't going to listen to me. That's fine, right? Like, you'll, 
you'll, you'll never want to listen to people who are older than you who have more experience, and that's completely fine. That's part of growing up. Um, I try to take it upon myself to learn as much as I can from people who have different experiences than I do. Um, I never shoot someone else down for having a different life experience, mainly because I'm so able to learn from them something because I quite literally didn't have their life experience and something that's completely different than what I'm used to. Um, as long as you continue to you know grow and learn, have a positive impact, right? Like that's like realistically that, that, that that's how you're gonna find happiness. That's how you gonna find your place in the world. Um, like I said, I I haven't like disappeared. I'll still be around. Uh, I'm still like at all these events. I'm not doing any less events than I was before. Realistically, I'm probably doing more events than I was before. I do all of them. I, I'm on the road all the time. The only difference now is like if you know people want to like, try and meet me in person, I'm probably gonna start doing things like you know, uh, I'll sell charity dinners or something, right? People make a donation charity, I'll take them out to like dinner at some place. I'll probably do this in Vegas for sure. Uh, take people out to dinner with you know, a sizable share like charity donation or whatever, and let people you know interact with me, you know, do whatever they want. Uh, chat, have a like, have real food. You know, whatever. Real food. Real food. And these seven dollar corn dogs that we've been smelling this entire last three days. I don't know, man. That's supposed to be good. Literally every item on the um, is deep fried. It's deep fried. That's it's all. That's all. That's all we can smell. They have deep. Disgusting. They have deep fried Oreos over there. Like Twinkies. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is great, but like people should be doing so much better. Than this. Like it's just. You know what I ate last night? What you eat last night? Salad. That's all I want. Um, yeah, so like, you know, these are things, like, I'm, I'm definitely trying to approach it a little bit differently this year, right, those charity, charity dinners are definitely something I want fun, that's, it's, it's like a relatively painless way to raise money for people, um, I'm gonna try and spend more time in the cities I visit, one, because that just kind of lowers the stress level, right, instead of taking, like, a red eye in, getting in late, and then going straight to the grand prix and leaving as soon as you're done, right, having some days to breathe, Take some anxiety off. Give me a chance to see the cities I haven't been to. Uh, right, like Palm Beach. The idea is to like spend like a week in Florida, like make my way, like spend some time in Miami, go down to Key West. Right, these are all things that normally I wouldn't like partake in, but I'm starting to like realize that you know taking some time for myself is probably important. You won't get that time back. I won't get that time back. Yeah. So if I made it this far, I may, may as well check off my bucket list. Right. Yeah. You know, just um, uh, otherwise. Um, you know, I'll try and post more details about Vermillion, people, um, like, my Twitter's up, I haven't been reactive on it. Uh, uh, my personal Twitter, I'm trying to, like, keep it completely separate. The Vermillion Twitter's well used to, like, post deals, news, whatever people want. Uh, again, it's just, it's just a matter of finding time. It's, it's hard to, you know, a lot of, a lot of specialists who do social media, that's their full-time job, right? Like, you know, Facebook has, like, a giant team that does nothing but social media, even play, even most conventional places like well, I understand the people behind the Wendy's uh, Twitter. If anyone follows Wendy's on Twitter, they literally have people that are full time. That's all they do is interact with customers on Twitter. They interact with customers and come up with some of the more clever marketing ploys that they come up with. And that's a full time job for a lot of people. Uh, and obviously, in order to provide that, I, I'm just not at that right now. So it's it'll be a matter of time. Uh, a food blog is something I'm working on. Uh, it's like one. It's like one of my new side projects. Yeah, his Instagram's hot for people that uh, like that content. Yeah, you, you guys. Uh, I'll like. I'll. I'll mention my Instagram at some point. There'll be a food blog available. I'm sure I'll do another cartel episode or something to talk about that. I keep um, chasing it around the world. I'm sure I'll be. You know, Jeremy and I see each other often enough at these yeah. events. It's easy enough for us to take. So far, it's been like less than an hour. Forty. Yeah, forty-eight minutes uh, to record this. Um, I'm sure I'll do it sporadically. It's just not something I can commit to on a regular basis, yeah. and that's kind of that, that's just kind of the reality. Um, I think it's I think we definitely provide better content when we do it like this rather than try and get all of us together. Especially at a show where we can see prices in real time and give you the update at the end of the weekend. Right. Uh, that's all I have. That's I'm getting older, a smidge more mature, not exactly, still a kid at heart. Um, just like took a month off of magic, actually stopped social media, started uh, figuring out what it, what I want to do more in life, which is obviously different than Ed. 
and uh, I've just been dating a whole lot of people, man. Just wondering what I've been doing. I've been going on like one to two dates a day for the last month. Yeah, how's that been going for you? Actually, really well. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Are you still lonely and single? Uh, I actually have a girlfriend now. Alright. But yeah. I don't believe this for a moment, so what's worth. Yeah. Jeremy's gonna put up his phone, try and show me a picture or something, so. We'll try and pretend it's real. Ouch. You know, like. Okay. Anyway. I'm not sure there's a picture. <laughs> I, I, I'm still not convinced it's real, but Jeremy, Jeremy says it is. Yeah. So. I, I actually am not gonna bring you up. Turns out when you take a girl, when you take another woman across the world, people think you're dating. Sure. So that was interesting. That was a fun trip. I flipped a coin every day. Walk with um, someone to a different country every day. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm old enough to settle down yet, but I definitely have more free time to do stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, always the easiest find what works for you. That's what works for you. So yeah, I'm glad that you're working out. Yeah. And we don't know what's really. Jim got a new job. That's about it. Yeah, Jim got all we've heard from him. Yep. <laughs> I've just been so uh, like one of the things I've been trying to do actively is uh, spend less time on social media. Yeah, I've been trying to move it to like my professional like Twitter, Facebook page, etc. Yeah, um, I'm also trying to separate myself uh, from using my personal Twitter for business. I know right. a lot of people message me on there saying I like, hate you have this. At some point, I'm just gonna like move it all off and to say like you know my personal Twitter is right or my personal Facebook is for personal things only. Right, I can't I can't be selling you parts of my personal. Page. Uh, that's yeah. something I would like to get away from. Uh, yeah. Ready to wrap it up? I think so. Alright, I'll see you in like another two months or something. When I'm at a magic show. Are you, I thought you were going to all, I thought you were all the Grand Prix. Because you're still... No. Really? I'm taking a set. I don't need to do as much anymore. The business sort of runs itself. Wait, but how are you getting off price for your wrap bags? Arbitrage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. like I was debating going to Phoenix. I probably won't be at Phoenix. Um, I'll be at like Louisville, Vegas, all those fun ones, but definitely less Grand Prix this year. I have other stuff I want to work on, and like I'm learning Mandarin, which has been eight months of learning Mandarin, and I'm no closer than I was eight months ago, and that's putting in a lot of time. Sure. Yeah. Mandarin is definitely not an easy language. I think like the um, Department of State puts like Mandarin like the top like five percent languages. For English speakers, it's very hard. Yeah, for English speakers. It's very yeah. Hard. So, I've been working on that nonstop, and I'm still horrible at it, so. Uh, I think it's a useful language compared to the languages I do speak, so. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll get you an update on Ed at some point in the future, hopefully. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast all these years. We do appreciate it. I'll see if I can wrestle something up with Jim. But uh, until then, thanks for listening, guys, and may the most you wish for be the least you get. Bye-bye.